0: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice in Iwin Reese, mm. In Iwan Reese, the, 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 the oldest tobacconist in America. That's what we do. And we're here. That's how we do it. And we're just hanging out. We're sitting yep. in these comfortable chairs, having yep. a good time. We're actually able to breathe. It, the, the circulation is good. It's fantastic. But you, here's the thing. We're not even members here because we're not downtown enough. Bob. No, no. You feel like a baller in here. Yeah. This place is nice. It's really, really it's, nice. It's like... It's old school. It's old school fancy. Yeah, like it, I think it looked like this in the 1850s. It looked it probably looked the same. It's all yep. this dark paneled walls and mm. copper ceilings and chandeliers and stuff. So I, I took a picture of Jimmy. We'll put it up so yep. that people yep. can see what it looks like. Looks it's good. It's nice. I love it. It even makes Jimmy look good. Oh yeah. Anything, everything makes me look good No, not everything no, I'm photogenic That purple shirt that you wear From that youth camp that you were at Oh, stop that it That does not look okay, good Okay, maybe on you. that one shirt Okay, that does okay not look, Sorry, look, Justin you, Wong You look like a blueberry When you wear that thing it's Yeah, not I do good. look like that Yeah, you're right about that But we're here We're still hanging out With um, <laughs> Pastor E Yeah, what's up, Pastor hey, E? Hey, hey, What's up, gents? <laughs> Man
1: J&J in the building There we so, go
0: Eric is in here f- to preach at Founders Week. Yeah. You know the best thing about Founders Week? Uh, that Eric Mason's preaching? Well, right, that this year. Yeah. yeah. Founders Week is the first time I sat with my wife, who is not, she's not my wife. I sat down with her, Founders Week, 1994, and we're sitting there, and I said, hey girl. No, I, I didn't say that. No, you didn't uh, say that. But she was, she was beautiful, and- She was yeah, she's so, really like, going no downhill. Longer, downhill. Yeah. She was downhill after marrying you. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife's fine. So I'm I'm finally sitting with her. I've just I've just been infatuated with her, and I ask her, oh, "What's God been teaching you?" That was kind of my thing. I would ask ladies, and she said, <laughs> "That was your thing." That was my thing. That
2: was your that was your move. Uh, I, you know, that was so my guys move. Are like, mm, at the "Baby, you look like you fell from heaven." You're like, mm. "What's God teaching you, girl?" That's the
0: same. That's what I did. <laughs> so I, I asked her, and because that kind of told me where they were at, and she said. I'm learning to trust God more, because my dad died three days before I came here, freshman year, and it was freshman year. Oh, now I feel bad. Yeah, way to go, Jimmy. Yep, I'm sorry, Jim. I I was like, you're learning to trust God more. When your dad died, I was like, I'm I'm marrying this girl. That was I was all. She was the right size, which is good for me because I'm super short. Yeah, she's short. She was shorter than me, and I was like, she's awesome. That was sitting in the balcony. So when you're up there preaching. Upper left. That's where I was. Pretty close to you. Where you know I could have hit you with a with a Bible. I could have thrown it down there and hit the stage. Mm. So that's what I remember about Founders Week. That and I remember Piper preaching on uh, uh, no women allowed in. Seminary? No, no, no. It was actually really awesome. <laughs> no, <it was> <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no woman police officers. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't no women wrestlers. Uh, no, having fun in your physical life. No, it, it was it was Piper <laughs> preaching on. Um, Christ having purchased with His blood at people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, it was powerful. It was good. You should look that up. But uh, but we're here talking with Eric, and we're going to continue our conversation conversation on the ordinances. Mm, ordinance and, week. And what, what are we talking about? Foot washing? What are we doing?
2: No, we're not doing foot washing uh, today. We, we already talked about baptism.
0: Yeah. So we talked about baptism, and now it wasn't gonna... very good. I didn't feel like Eric had his game on. Are you kidding I felt me? Like he didn't really quote scripture Actually, very much. Oh, that was the one thing. Like you... <laughs> it was the worst.
1: Joe. Joe was like, I was pointing, pointing to Gnosticism. <laughs> He spoke in tongues. I don't know what was going on. EBB.
0: <laughs> so now we're going to talk about Lord's Supper. All right. So when we're, we're talking about the Lord's Supper, people mm-hmm. call it communion. Um, most of you kind of know what we're talking about here. You got bread, wine, you eat, you drink. Um, Eric, what is the significance and the meaning of the Lord's Supper for the Christian?
1: The difference between baptism and communion is we're commanded to continue to have communion. Mm, that's right. Baptism is supposed to be something, physical baptism is something we're supposed to experience once. Yeah, one mm. and done. Yep, one and done. Unless, and so, they,
2: unless they come to Pastor Mason and say, I want to recommit, <laughs> then I'm going to do
1: it two or three, four, or five more times. So, so I would say, I would say um, you know, baptism points more to justification. Right, even though it has sanctifying graces with it, right, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yet communion is something where it's kind of like I, I love to call it our, our spiritual checkup, all mm-hmm. right. Um, no, I hear you on that, that's good. And the, the reason why I think it's called I, I like to call it that is because the way Paul frames it in First Corinthians 11, which I think. Corinth messing up communion right. helps us to understand the doctrine of communion very well mm. because out of it I don't know if we would even got the perp- the deeper purposes of communion without them fumbling with it. Yeah, <laughs> pray, right. praise God for their failure. <laughs> so <laughs> so how is Corinth messing this up? Well, Corinth is is doing a lot of things because like if you take um houses like Philemon's house, I mean like Onesimus' house. Okay. I mean, Philemon's house, I had it right. You know, a lot of churches met in rich people's homes Yeah. back then. And so... Because you needed in, a big spot. Yeah, because in the center of the home was like their backyard, uh, uncovered backyard, and the outer parts of the house was the actual house. So yeah. um, many people met for, for gatherings in the middle. Those that didn't... Uh, those synagogues that didn't turn houses because of persecution was made central places. And so communion is the place that reminds us of our equalness in our need for mm. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's both communal, communal and individual. So it's, commun- it's It's individual in the sense where, well, let me start with communion. It's communal mm. in the sense that we take it together. Yeah. I like the way Paul says, wait for one another, right? One of the one another's. I, I love that. Wait for one another, right? And when you talk about waiting for one another, it's almost like this synchronized swimming, if you will. Mm. The communion is us ingesting Jesus together, right? Yeah. It's it's that even though the first communion, they, they uh, I don't know if they ate, you know, at the same time. I, I, it seems like textually they ate at the same time. Right. But it but it but it's us unifying around the fact that we all have to equally ingest Jesus, ingest him at the same time. Yeah even though we already have him it's it's a continuous taking of jesus um communally but when you look at individually i think one of the things that gets left out of communion a lot is um is is basically your need to have self reflection yeah mm. about where you are in your sanctification um one the first place i had communion like that in the sense of every week yeah, cause yeah. in college i was in a Baptist church. Um, oh, they don't like every week. Yeah, they, they, they didn't do every <laughs> week. But communion in the Baptist church was extremely serious. Yeah. Um, I mean the deacons had on white gloves, mm. it's very well organized, it's treated with so much more respect than those of us who do it, I would say, weekly. Mm. Um uh, but then when I went to Oakland Bible Fellowship while I was at Dallas Seminary. It was the first time, because Dr. Evans comes from a Brethren background, a lot of people don't know that, he was Brethren. Mm. Um, he was disciple in a Brethren church in brethren church in Baltimore. And they did it every week, which I found strange at first. But when he, communion was always heftily explained, yeah. but then it was a pausing of the gathering. And they did it in the beginning of the gathering versus the end. Mm. So during the worship time, before the last song of worship, the communion would commence and during that time a song would be played and we would sing together and we were given freedom you could go to what we would call the altar or the front all right yeah you would see husbands and wives holding hands taking their communion together mm-hmm. up there praying getting more aligned with each other individuals, singles different people going to the up front or standing or kneeling and thinking heartily through it's the to me it's the best communion I've ever seen and still to this day, being done, there will be exhortations given by Dr. Evans, yeah, during communion about communion, about hope, internal reflection, and pointing us back to the cross. It's just the mm. you gotta, if you if you never experienced a Dr. Evans communion, you gotta go. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's cool. um, that's very cool. And so, and so, with, with that, I think we have to understand this book uh, for self reflection and community unity. And so, when I think of communion, that's what I think of, yeah,
0: yeah, and obviously. You know, that's it's pointing specifically to the death of Christ, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is this, it is this super, hyper, laser focus on the core of the gospel. I Absolutely. mean, it is Jesus' death for you. Yes, right? it's my body broken for you. Substitution is in there, the whole thing. So, I love that, like what you're saying. It, it demands reflection, according to Scripture. It demands reflection um it, it it compels us to to draw near to Christ mm-hmm. and it reminds us again what we always forget that salvation is by grace alone through who christ, who christ who alone who right that 's right. Right. That's right i mean it is it is it is exciting in that way like it's 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 serious but it's it's, yeah. it 's joyful it should be it should move us to repent. Uh, even with tears, but it should also move us to tears of joy because we have this assurance. Christ, I can take this because Christ is yes, mine. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. And,
1: and And that's why we make sure we distinguish it um, for believers and non-believers. Other thing, I think it's communal. It's reflective or or, or uh, internal reflective. But then it's eschatological. Mm. Right. Because Jesus makes a statement that... I don't know if we all, all think of when we think of communion, but Jesus says, "I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I return." Yep. So Jesus is fasting from drinking now. Yep. On the, I believe he's on the throne of David now. Mm-hmm. So don't rebuke me for that. But I believe he's he's ruling on the throne of David and he will rule eternally. Hand the kingdom back over to the Father. First Corinthians, but. Well, while he's not drinking, Jimmy is making up for it. Just, just for the record, <laughs> don't worry, Jesus, I got your back. <laughs> so he's fasting, but he tells us not to. Yes. Yeah. Because he wants us to continue to remember him, and then one day he is going to bring the ordinance to a close in eternity. The yeah. ordinance will no longer have the same validation. Right. Once he drinks in in, in Revelation 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will have our final communion service. Isn't wow. that powerful? That's it powerful. is powerful. This is why we, we, <laughs>
0: we in this we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. That's, that's the right. whole point. There is mm-hmm. that eschatological focus. That's yeah. I love that you bring that up. So I mean, you, you've you've talked about um, well, I mean, you, you've talked about the the bad example of of Corinth. Maybe you could unpack for us some common ways where we blow it as a church. Like, yeah, that's yeah. good. This is important. This is a big deal, and. And so some churches take it seriously, some churches don't. How, what are the common ways, in your estimation as a pastor, that churches are, are not doing the Lord's Supper justice?
1: Yeah, I think one time I got an email from a new guy at the church. I told him, you know, you don't join a church and start asking the pastor, crazy, you know, start trying to jam the pastor up, but, <laughs> but it was all good. But he, he gave a good um, overview of some of the things he noticed in our communion where— because we do it every week. Right. We have three gatherings. They're back to back. He was almost saying, you know, pastor, are we taking communion seriously enough because sometimes we expedite the explanation of communion mm. in a way that makes it feel irreverent at times.
2: Mm, to make to make room for the next so yes, you're not going over yes, for the next service. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And so it was a good Exhortation mm. to say you know, let's let's not make communion feel like it's a tag on yeah. right, to yeah. the end of the gathering, but a culmination of the gathering. Mm. You know. Just it, because
0: you do it every week doesn't mean you're doing it right.
1: Absolutely. But we we think that way sometimes absolutely. I will do it every week. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: we, I'm not like them suckers only once a month.
2: Or every once quarter. a quarter. Yeah. Those court those lazy quarters.
1: Yeah. And so I think that it's important that um I just think it's important that it doesn't become it, 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 we, we have to invoke people to reflection. One of the other things that I don't believe is that you have to be ordained to give communion. I don't okay. think that's in the Bible. Right. Um, I understand where people get it from. But I like the brethren. The brethren's doctrine of communion is that communion, because it's for everybody, anybody can serve it. Um, yeah. now, do you think, I, I don't have a problem with that.
0: But do you think that communion should happen outside of the local assembly? Would you be okay with it happening in a small assembly? Yeah, because
1: I think... I think There's possible evidence in Acts 242 through 47 that they did it in what we would call small groups. I don't know if they were meeting. I don't know if it was like our life groups or community. traditional communities, what we call it or whatever. But I do. I don't have a problem with that. One of the things that I love about the old traditional black Baptist church is when a deacon would get ordained, the deacon would get a communion set. And and one of the roles of the deacon was when they visited the sick who could not come to the gathering. They would administer the ordinance at their bedside, which to me is powerful. I've heard amazing stories of people about to go home to be with the Lord and they have their last communion and Mm. breathe their last breath. So I think that, I mean, to me, you know, I just think that's a beautiful thing to be able to do it. I, I, I do. Want to, I, I, we, but we don't just make com- communion common in a way. We just pass our communion to yeah, our yeah. small groups. Is hey, do you know right. communion to small groups? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that we have to be careful of making communion common, and um, yet I don't think we have to control it, communion because, like, even in my conversion, with I was telling y'all in the last podcast about, um, some of my strengthening of memory was done by the memory of the things that was done in liturgy. That were repetitious, that yeah. opened up. So I'll give you an example of, of, of a great thing that happened at our church. So we first, when we first started, we were fifty percent new believers. People were coming to Christ like crazy when we first started. So fifty percent. I remember one Sunday, I said, "How many of y'all trusted Christ while you were here?" It's like two years in, and half the church raised their hand. That's I was awesome. Like, wow.
0: And um. That's New Testament revival. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. Yeah, that's big.
1: And so what ended up happening was we have college students come to our church because we're right by Temple's campus, two blocks off Temple with 10 minutes from UPenn and Drexel and other colleges are around. St. Joe's Are not too, it's not too far either. So Rutgers, Rowan, across the bridge. Yeah, yeah. So it was this hipster kid, little white kid, hipster, with these, he had a close haircut, and then he had these little spirals <laughs> on the side. Mm. And um, one day, we were going through the Book of John, just literally going through the Book of John, Line by line, and he comes to me after communion one Sunday, and he says, "Pastor, I I I took my first communion today, and I was like, really." He says, "You don't know this, but I I would leave right before communion because I'm Jewish." Mm. And he said, "For us, that's symbolic cannibalism." Yeah. John six, straight up, right? Right. And he says to me, he says, but today, I finally stayed for communion. And he says, I, I trusted Christ Thursday night going back over the sermon and put my confidence in Jesus. Wow. So I decided to stay for communion. And he says, I looked at it and I saw matzah and I saw wine. And he says, I sat basically sat back in my chair and all of the feasts, all of the holy days i saw in my hand mm. it was the most powerful thing i've heard That's about great. in my life and he said when i saw matzah i said yeah i said unleavened bread he said yes he says i understood the feast of unleavened bread now mm. i understood why things were unleavened finally um and then he then he said i took the bread and took the wine for the first time it was the most powerful thing i've ever heard in my life mm. so anyway wow yeah (laughs) praise god man
2: yeah praise god for that so like when you talk about you know in community groups and things like that i know you mentioned before about like this is for believers and things like that and even the example that you're giving there is he understood i mean how then as far as when it's outside of the local assembly how do you how do you encourage them to fence the table well you know because this
0: is this is this is serious this is significant this is this is not trivial or supposed to be common This is the fundamental reason we don't do it outside of the local assembly at our church, is because we want to make sure that there is proper fencing, essentially. Um, So yeah, I think that's a that's a good question. How do you how do you ensure like who are the people that you're sending to do this? Yeah, like commissioned by the church. Well, we don't
1: we don't do a lot of out. Again, we don't do. I was talking about the old school church, but we don't really do outside of the gathering for the most part. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'll do it if I go to a bedside of somebody in Mm -hmm. the hospital who's been hospitalized for a while, but. Um, or we have a guy now that's that's a quadriplegic who's having a hard time coming to church, so we'll do it for him. Right. But um. So it's an exception. Yeah, it's exceptional. You stuff guys like do that. Right? Yeah. So what we do though um, is we fence the table. Is once I finish my sermon, I do old school altar call every Sunday. I yeah. don't Care who don't. I think they, they are still helpful if you do them right. Um. And then right after that, I talk about let's get our get get our hearts and minds ready for communion. So let our men come. We do all men communion. Just because we're in the inner city, single parenting is heavy. So we want—we're we're not trying to mm. misogynize women because women yeah, yeah. can serve communion. You're—you're not, you're not but, pipering this thing. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no. So, but but we just see it as a practical reality of because a lot of churches in our area have a lot of women, mm. and so it's a contextual issue. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we have—we want when you see men, you have business owners men who are on temporary public assistance with their family that are standing up distributing communion. before that i say if you're not a believer in jesus christ we'd ask that you let the elements pass yeah um because um this is symbolic of what's happened to you so if this if if christ hasn't been ingested into your soul by faith through his grace then taking chameleon would be non-void because it's not a reflection of anything that's happened to yeah, you yeah right so we'd ask that you let the elements pass and so we and parents make sure that you know kids want to take it they know a friend if a friend people bring their unbelieving friend um you can see the you can see their postured awkwardness during chameleon as saying i've been able to sing the songs or at least i looked at the songs i hate able to listen to the sermon all these different things but this part i wasn't able to participate in yeah mm. And so that le- it's not a point of rejection, mm-hmm. it's a point to open things up for acceptance. Yeah, so, yeah, I love that. It's like I a like point yeah. of
2: conversation as well, because yeah. they ask you why
1: Absolutely. am I not allowed to take? And this? then they go out to eat or whatever, and then they begin to have dialogue around that. You yeah, know? so yeah. I so yeah. I like that.
0: one of the one of the practical questions that we get sometimes is, well, what do you do? I mean, you fence the table, you tell people not to. What if they take it? What if they eat that bread and drink that wine? What do you do? So, I know what I say. Eric, what do you
1: say? It's not noticeable for me. We got too many people. To, <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to work. Yeah,
0: I have no
2: idea what's going on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, we, we have too many people. Um, we have too many people. That,
2: that are doing um, that, yeah. That,
1: yeah, so we. So, how, but, how can you usually, manage usually, all of them? Yeah. And, and some people we don't know. They just come by themselves. And so we won't know a lot of times. But nobody leaves during communion. Um, they, they, they stay the whole time during communion. So.
0: But if they do, yeah. the judgment of God is not going to fall on them. Right, right, right. right? I yeah. mean, that's what we tell people. Like, look, we've done our job in telling people that you're not supposed to do this. Um, we want you to use this. I tell people, listen, use this time to ask God to help you to understand what yeah. we're about to talk about. And I related to this, you know, what we're doing. So, but yeah, people get really concerned about like, well, how do I fence it? How do I fence it? You fence it verbally. You don't have bouncers yeah. there ready to knock bread out of somebody's exactly. hand uh, because they've, they've taken it inappropriately. Though there may be a situation where you want to tell somebody who's under discipline, yeah, is not no, they're not allowed to. Yeah, but um, I think that would be—they pop be bottles pretty...
1: over there. Wow,
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this place, this place is <laughs> this place is hopping. So even as Joe was talking about there about, uh, so so for us, we do communion before the sermon. Actually, it's it's before now. We, it we mix it up. We mix it up. We do it before our Reformed the Baptist sermon.
0: people are like, what? Yeah, are you what's doing? going on?
2: You mentioned about doing it at the end. Yeah. Um. So I mean, is is there like? The proper way, you know, I mean, as far I mean, I don't think it's a proper thing Yeah, I think thing, we started doing question.
1: that now. We're getting real legalistic when you're saying you got to do it, you have to do it. Bit, it. Yeah, yeah. so same, with like, wine, <laughs> it's well, like, same okay. with
2: like wine or welches
1: I don't care. Um, I had somebody give me pushback one time. We don't do wine, at, we, we just don't, just because of just the practical nature of communion, um, and our gatherings. But we, I got pushback from an older lady back in the day. Yeah, I went to this church and this guy was an alcoholic and they had. Wine and he went back into his alcoholism or whatever, you know. Um, and so I, I just kind of shepherded her through that, yeah. And I yeah. said, We don't do that here, but at this point, but it's nothing wrong with having wine at communion. So, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. one is fermented, one is unfermented. Both of them are the same essential as long as it's red, man. <laughs> as long as
3: it's red, no green, no green, no
0: green Gatorade,
1: no gray. <laughs> it's funny because
0: even like Calvin said, like, doesn't matter if it's white or red, like. You know, Calvin was looser on that. He was like, white, red, doesn't really matter. And I would <laughs> say, like, for me, red really matters. Right,
1: right, right, right. That's the right, right, symbolism
0: right. really right. behind yes, it. Yeah, I think it's really important. We, you know, at, at Redeemer, by the time this airs, we're doing wine and juice. Um, we're, we're transitioning to that, or we by the time this airs, we have transitioned to that um, after a lot of prayer and prep. But, yeah. yeah, I think as long as it's the essential element, you know. I just playing. thought it
1: was funny. I, I went to Catholic school to, from middle school to high school. The funny thing is when we go to Mass— and I wasn't a believer anyway, but it would always make me laugh when the priest, after everybody's in communion, he'd go yep. and he'd guzzle the rest <laughs> yeah. of it. That's going to be funny as oh. I don't know what, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: I went to a Catholic uh, high school. <laughs> oh, you went mm-hmm. to a Catholic like boarding school. Yeah, I went to a
2: boarding school, Catholic boarding school. And I would always volunteer. This is before I was saved. I would always volunteer to be an altar boy and to help during communion because uh, they'd always pour too much and they need someone to finish it off before going back to class. Yeah. I would Jimmy always drink on. That. The, only, the, only, the I, I, only way
1: they wouldn't get arrested is you being <laughs> there. You know, some priests
2: were a bit stingy; they whined for themselves. Others were a bit more.
1: Go for it! Go for it! Because you were like, you could have it any time. And this blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant, was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And, do you say, "Remember, But and gold <laughs> <the map. laughs> So,
0: what about? Um, let's just talk about. Best practices. like Yeah.
1: You said said best practices? Yeah, best best practices, yeah. yeah.
0: So we we all seem to believe here that it's good to do it weekly. Why is weekly a better practice, in your estimation, than monthly or quarterly?
1: Because it it narrows the reflection time down to a closer period of time where people are forced to do checkups. One time, when I first did a fencing, the church I was in, I was in a hundred-and-something-year-old church, my first pastorate, in Houston, Texas, Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Shout out to Pastor DZ Cole, for the whole crew. But um, I, I started implementing fencing practices during communion because yeah, they put yeah. me over it. And so one day I knew these weed smokers were in there. I mean, they were, their lips were puffy and dark from mm. some, some, some good Phillies blunts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I remember I fenced the table that day. Mm. And I talked about judgment around the table, man. This boy and this girl they, they started. I, I said, if you're planning your sins in this gathering for this mm-hmm. week, you probably shouldn't take communion. And and I listed the reasons why. Wow. And man, they put their hands together, and was mumbling something to, lo- to the Lord, really, mm-hmm. really strong. But it was—but it was—it was funny, but it was a good point where they were like, I think I do need to take this seriously. Right. Yeah. You know, this is so, yeah.
0: significant. You got it. I mean, there's no reason. There's why limit it to quarterly. Everything else we do that's commanded for worship is a weekly thing, right? We sing, we pray, we read the Word, we preach the Word, we observe the Lord's Supper. I I can't think of a good reason not to do it weekly. I can think of a hundred reasons to do it weekly, and I don't disparage churches that Mm -hmm. don't do it weekly. I think there's grace there, but I I, I do think it is. I agree with you. I think it's a best practice. I think
1: there's a second level of fencing we should talk about is there's non-believer fencing but there's licentious believer fencing yeah yeah mm. sure you yeah. go. and so um when we when we talk about functional licentiousness within a believer's life cuz i I've, I've heard Doug say um a guy that was nearing discipline they fenced him from the table and basically said um right you can't take a million do- functioning in the level, and we're not saying people got to be perfect at the communion table, right? But you're living in comprehensive destructive yeah. behavior. So, taking you're making a mockery of communion because you can't take communion not thinking about what Christ did for you and now what He needs to do for you now. Mm. Which I thought was amazing. Just like ba-
0: like repentance yeah. is a is a prerequisite for baptism, mm-hmm. right? Repentance and faith. It ought to be for the Lord's Supper. Repentance and faith. It ought to be. An, an ongoing reality, however imperfect that repentance of yeah, 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 is, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. got to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But people, I mean, we've seen examples of of dis- church discipline and fencing the table. We've seen bad examples, um, you know, of, of every kind of every in every network denomination where people just blow it. They get yeah, it wrong. Absolutely. So I think there's there, some people are afraid to practice discipline um, because they've seen it done poorly.
2: I think people uh, are also afraid because they're just cowardly.
0: Well, yeah. Some people are afraid because they don't want to have to. Tell they don't want to deal no. with it. They don't want to deal with the repercussions or someone pushing back at them. Right, but that's that's the nature. I mean, listen. That's the nature of gospel ministry. Yeah. Is, yeah. is sometimes there's a really hard no. Yeah. There's a really hard word. Jesus was full of grace and truth, but that truth was sometimes really hard for people. Yeah. You know, and Paul, Paul had some hard words, you know, for people as well as it relates to church life and uh and membership and all of that so then
2: along those lines then like we've been talking about you know uh baptism we've been talking about lord's supper and we've kind of been trying to push along and say how should this impact our piety how should this be impacting you know our day-to-day in the the days after communion so you know what would you kind of be encouraging believers as they've taken communion how should that be impacting their walk
1: yeah, one of the ways that, that we make it practical in is whatever the sermon takeaways are, we, we weave them into the communion communication. Good. So yeah. I don't always administer communion, but whoever's ministering communion, they don't re-preach my sermon, but they restate the homiletical proposition of yep, the sermon. Yep. Because the only way we can do the sermon is through the gospel. Absolutely. So communion is the refueling of the soul to be... Re- we, you know, we're not transubstantiationists, but we, right. you know. You're but, off
0: the podcast if you are. i will tell you <laughs> right now, we're shutting this down.
1: Um, but, but I would say, you know, um, that it's very, very important for people to begin to think about their past week. And yeah. if you've had some failures this week, communion almost communicates a new start yes um time to repent yes you
0: can repent
1: yes and you can have a new start so every week having communion, mm-hmm. you you get fed the word you worship with the body but then you're saying man how then now shall we live yeah and how did we learn christ paul says you didn't learn christ this way communion mm-hmm. is a way to remind you of what way you're learning christ you know and um and so i i think that is i mean every part of the gathering is supposed to be Gospel focus. The worship should at least contain songs. I don't think every song has to have the gospel in it. Like I don't necessarily. That's not. I don't. We can have right. another. Just like every psalm doesn't have the
0: gospel. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, but, I, but, I, but I do think that I, I, I view the worship set as one song versus songs, um, mm. and 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 as journeys. But within that, we have the gospel within at least one mm. or two songs, right? Well, we're gonna
0: talk about this. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, we'll wait, we're gonna talk more about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk yeah, more yeah. about this next. Yeah. 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 And
1: So. But then the the sermon gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you do announcements, there should be something about it that's redemptive in relation to the gospel within Mm. that as well. But then Mm. when you go to communion, communion kind of takes all of that as like a sniper shot versus Mm. a buckshot. Yeah, puts a fine point on it. It it stuffed it into one bullet shell. Yeah. It sort of hits you right in the soul with everything. That's why we like to do it at the end because we like it to be the sniper shot right. that you leave with right yeah wow.
0: that's good man yeah it's beautiful I love it so when when you're planting churches right you're you're coaching these guys you're equipping these guys you're sending them out to plant churches um what what do you tell them about I mean what how do you give them how much freedom do you give them as it relates to church and worship and specifically the Lord's Supper do you expect them all to do it weekly like what's your kind of
1: you know, to be honest, we don't talk to them much about it. I mean, we they, they just learn from example. So they're going to do it every week. And they week. just end up doing it. It yeah, really yeah. hasn't necessarily been a training. I right. think just being in the church, they, they see the fruit of it. They're like, I want I want to do this too. And so when they're in their preparing season, gathering season, then their launch season, I try to encourage them not to necessarily do communion prior to launch. Right, yeah. Just because if you're not an official church, in my mind, I would love it if you don't do communion. So that people won't feel the launched nature of the church gathering. Mm -hmm. And then once you launch, then you have your first communion together, which is powerful. On that launch Sunday, where you're saying we're having our first communion together. That says we're officially a a functional location. Now we're a candlestick or we're a lampstand now. Now we're a lampstand. So communion for us in launching is a way of saying we're officially saying we're a lampstand. And God's affirming that. By two or three gathering in his name, communion is one of the ways to gather in his name. Wow, so, yeah, mm. yeah, I
0: love it. So, we um, one of the things that we do at Redeemer is uh, we frequently will um, when we're doing communion, we'll, we'll tell parents, Walk your kids through this, like uh, the kids are there, yeah, right? Like, you know, talk to your kids if, if if they're following Jesus and all that, of course, they're taking communion, but even if they're not, we want them to. You know, after we, we do a little sermonette sort of with the communion every time based on a, a passage of Scripture and it relates to the sermon. But we want the parents to also lead their family, if they've got their family with them, yeah. right? Lead yeah. their family through this, talk about it, you know, praise God for what it represents, and know— right? and this is, like, really big for me personally, to know that as we do this, we're drawing near to Christ, and Christ is drawing near to us. Like, there is— we are fellowshipping with Christ, right? There is this, there is this communion with Christ that is different than the rest of the week when we're doing this. There's something yeah, spiritual happening. Absolutely. There. So there is an impact on our souls. There is a sanctifying element. It's a means of grace, even for Baptists. It's a means of grace, and not that it does it on its own, but as it is the gospel presented with tangible elements that are received by faith, there is real sanctifying work there.
1: Absolutely.
0: So we uh, we I remember when we we used to do it monthly when we started because we're Southern Baptist Church, and then we moved to monthly we moved to weekly, and some people were like, "Oh, is this going to lose its significance?" Mm-hmm. But instead, it turned up the volume. Mm-hmm. It didn't lose its significance. it became more special, it mm-hmm. became yeah. more powerful mm-hmm. and that's what we want to encourage people to do is not only take the Lord's Supper seriously but to take it seriously enough to do it as often as you'd gather. Yeah. Because like you said, it's, it's reflection. It's, it's evaluation. It's repentance and it's drawing near to Christ. So I, I think it's a, it, and all of our people have loved it. They love that we do it weekly. We don't have to tell our church planters, no, you yeah. have to do this weekly. They're just, they're doing it.
1: Like, what yeah. happens is if we, if like Sunday, we didn't do communion, it would feel weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'd hear about it. <laughs> we would hear about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if,
0: if, if we didn't do communion, we hear about it. And if my if my points all started with the same letter, we would hear about that. Oh they, I don't yeah, think, they we'll wouldn't make like that. For, they, they, for they, few don't like, they don't like on that, that one at, my, at our church. No alliteration. No alliteration. No alliteration in my church. Come on, every uh-uh. now and then. No, no, no. 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 I did Baptistic it once. No. I did it once by accident. Uh-huh. Oh. Every point, like it spelled out the word sign, S-I-G-N, uh-huh. and I was like, "Hey, that actually mm-hmm. works." Here's what it is. Uh, I didn't hear. I heard about that for two no. months. like that. And then I remember one
2: time. I remember one time. Joe was like, "Yeah, you got to have power, presence, and because I don't want another P."
0: I don't know. Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> we're like, I'm not going to. I'm not, not going gonna... to. <laughs> One of the things that I love about you, Eric, is that you work really hard to be ruthlessly biblical, but always contextual. Yeah. Like, you know, your people, you know, your neighborhood and you know, like, these things are immovable we're going to do these things yeah. but you also know like we're going to present it this way because we want to have maximum gospel impact on the people that are there yeah. and a lot of people especially in the reformed camp they forget the necessity of contextualization when god was the ultimate contextualizer right he, israel didn't invent circumcision yeah. they stole circumcision right. we didn't we didn't invent baptism we stole baptism we used those things right. for better ends right And so I love that you're you're big on contextualization in the most appropriate way. It's really encouraging to guys like us. And I think it's it's smart for a lot of our listeners who might be in the more Reformed Baptist camp to understand the necessity to contextualize, to take the truth and to make it understandable and comprehensible to the people that you are ministering to. you got to really cut through that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Loving it.
2: Uh, Dr. Mason, we appreciate your thoughts. Uh, on, on the Lord's Supper again. How can people find you online if they didn't listen to the first, you know, first podcast? Oh, they, they, listen. Connect, they, they, li- they, sure they listen. They
0: listen to the first one. I'm
2: sure, <laughs> but they, you know, they're, but, in, uh, but
0: in case they didn't,
2: in case they didn't, how could they uh, find you online?
1: On uh, Facebook, Dr. Eric Mason, my professional page, personal page, Eric Mason, all my others, uh, Twitter and Face, um, Twitter and Instagram. Sounds good. E M A S E. Yeah. Wonderful. That's May,
0: Sixty-seven. No, Pastor there's no 67. 67. Stop <laughs> it, 63. Joe, how can people find us online? All right, if you wanna, if you wanna join the conversation, we want you to interact with the things that Dr. Uh, Mason was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Doc and Devo. You can uh, jump onto our Facebook page. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash doctrine and devotion so there you can join the conversation let us know what you're thinking yep. um and, and let us know what you guys are doing in your church like uh, Ugh, how is how so is your slow. practice of the Lord's supper encouraging it takes you takes me i'm already done uh, what are what are you I've actually i already finished this wait what are you doing? I'm, just, I'm doing I'm what you do. I'm trying to talk, dude. I know. I, I don't, already. F- I usually, I would finish don't by now. Over don't talk over me. He's just taking way
1: too long. long. Know your
2: place. Yeah, I know. You're taking know your too place. long. your place. Speed it
1: up. Y'all right? are like the two old guys <laughs> on the Muppet Show <laughs> in the balcony. Yeah. yeah. Except one. Except one is brown. <laughs> oh, stop, Joe.
0: <laughs> one, one's brown and one's brown. So I'm like the old guy, and then you're like, but you're brown, so you you don't quite, you know. I don't it's like, like little, your microaggression here. It's a little different. Where are you from? Yo, was that a microaggression? That was a microaggression. You see what I deal with, sir. You see what I deal. No, hey, you're, but you're like, you're like, you're not white though. Stop it! Oh, no, <laughs> but you're wrong? not. Well, you're like, you're half white. Mm-hmm. Are you really gonna do this now? No, I'm just curious you really like, you really because you're like, because you now? look Samoan. You, you can head to the website, doctormost.com. Then
2: you can contact us, sign up for our email list or hit up the store, store and register for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit of and some the Church. Fresh Modern every Monday and Thursday blog posts on Wednesday. I think it's video content on Fridays later.